welcome to another episode of Mana and Coffee. I am your host for this podcast, Henry Hollow. Glad that you've chosen to join us today uh, for a little mana, for just enough, uh, for today an opportunity to hear, to reflect, um, to listen, to struggle, to wonder, to hope. We are going to look at a handful of verses out of the book of Habakkuk today, not the most uh, read book in the Bible. It's only three chapters long, one of the minor prophets tucked away um, towards the end of the Old Testament, but absolutely one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. Um, And I think the reason I like Habakkuk is because it allows me to reflect on uh, something I've become fascinated with, and that is the hubris of humanity. We tend to be people who believe that we have uh, everything figured out and sorted out. And we know that if uh, this group of people lost power, if this group of people gained power, if this went differently, if that hadn't have happened, or if this did happen, whatever the scenarios we run through, then everything would be exactly as it should be, as if we know exactly how things should go. There's a, uh, a level of uh, selfishness uh, and a level of idolatry that says, I as a person have the answers to everything. And yet, it happens all the time. I do it, you do it, our friends do it. Uh, if you don't want to admit that you do it, fine. Just reflect uh, on all of the people that you know in your life who have uh, outed themselves uh, in social media as experts on politics, economics, uh, theology, relationship building, um, leadership, education, uh, medicine, uh, physical therapy. I I could run through the list forever and you know uh, those people. If you don't know one of those people, then either you have managed to maintain uh, a a very selfless group of friends or you are that person. One of those two things can be true. Um, And Habakkuk forces me to recognize the ways that I do this. The first few verses of Habakkuk are a plea for help from God. Habakkuk starts by asking, how long will I call for help and you not listen? This has been a years-long experience for Habakkuk, seeing the injustice that's around him, um, begging God to do something and not having it happen. So by the time these words are recorded, Habakkuk has had enough. Why do you show me injustice and look at anguish so that devastation and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abounds. The instruction of the law is ineffective. Justice does not endure because the wicked surround the righteous. Justice becomes warped. Habakkuk is done and he doesn't understand why God won't do the thing that Habakkuk knows God should do, which is just step in wipe out uh, unjust people, let the righteous lead, and it will all be fine again. But in this instance, God responds. Habakkuk starts, I think, really excited. God says, look at the nations and watch, be astonished and stare, because something is happening in your day that you wouldn't believe even if told. And in this moment, maybe the most unbelievable thing to Habakkuk is that the world would be set right, that the righteous 
would take over and rule, that injustice would be stamped down. And so in these couple of sentences from the Lord, Habakkuk has to be getting excited. The problem is that Habakkuk doesn't like the method. So what God says is, I'm about to rouse the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, that bitter, bitter and impetuous nation. God says, I'm going to use uh, the people that uh, you also consider evil on the other side of your borders who have been harassing you for a number of years now. I'm going to use them to wipe out the unjust people that are surrounding you in your world. And Habakkuk's response is, essentially, never mind, God, we're good. Even Habakkuk can imagine accepting the injustice that surrounds him when he likes that version of injustice better than what he thinks may be coming with the Babylonians. And so there's this moment when Habakkuk cries out to God for help, and God states that God is going to help, and Habakkuk has to say, never mind, I don't think that's how this should go, so maybe don't do that. Habakkuk has a plan for what he thinks should happen. Habakkuk knows that if these people lost power and if these people came to power, if, if only this, if not that, he, he's got it sorted. And God's plan does not, God's declaration does not fit into Habakkuk's plan. Um, and you get some back and forth uh, across the next chapter as Habakkuk struggles to understand why God would do such a thing just kind of really struggles with the idea because when you think you know exactly how things should go and you get to the point where you can say you know if only God did exactly what uh, I think should happen then everything would be sorted as soon as you see something happening that doesn't fit uh, the wrestling match really begins and Habakkuk does wrestle um, it's a much shorter version of the uh, wrestling Job does in the book of Job, but the, I think, uh, questions are very similar. But we get to this point. Um, Habakkuk is not happy with what's happening. Um, Habakkuk's faith isn't defined by going, oh, okay, well, I guess if that's what God wants to do, then I should be excited that this is what's coming. It, it doesn't get there. Um, and I don't think it has to. The book of Habakkuk ends with, these words, though the fig tree doesn't bloom and though there's no produce on the vine, though the olive crop withers and the fields don't provide food, though the sheep is cut off from the pen and though there is no cattle in the stalls, though things are going to be miserable and I am going to be miserable in them, even though things are going horribly wrong, that's verse 17, verse 18 says this, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my deliverance. Now, don't pretend for a second that Habakkuk believes that the Babylonians are going to be his deliverance. He sees them as a worse form of injustice than he's already surrounded by. What he is holding on to by the time he gets to the end of this passage is that ultimately deliverance will come in some form from God that is worth hoping in. And he will find comfort in the fact that God is working, even if he does not like the method. Um, and that he will hold on to hope, even if the events that come are the last thing he would ever want to have happen. And I think it's humility um, 
that makes faith in the midst of disaster possible. And there's a level of humility that shows up in Habakkuk in these final verses. I'm not happy with it. I don't understand it. But I'm not God. And I think faith reminds us that we are not gods. And that even in, and faith also gives us an opportunity to recognize that even in the hardest of times, God is still working. We don't have to pretend that we know exactly what God is doing. And Habakkuk reminds us that we don't have to be happy about it. We're not going to be happy about it. But there is a level of faith that exists where you can be angry and unhappy and shout at God, shout through the rafters, and still hold on to hope that things will work out. And I think faith is found in those moments. Glad you joined today. I hope you find hope in those words. And whether you are in the middle of one of those moments, or whether one of them is around the corner ahead, unexpected, unanticipated, and unwelcomed, remember that uh, faith can be found, but faith is not happiness and understanding of everything that God is doing. It is a willing, willingness to hold on in the moments where you have no clue. So I would encourage you to be people who do that. And, and, and yeah, I, maybe that's the best way to end it. Thanks for joining. Uh, I will see you, talk to you, talk, yeah, talk to you tomorrow. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to respond. Um, and we can interact that way if you'd like. Thanks. Thank you.